Hello, and welcome to Viva Pod Vegas. Oh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> this is episode 18, Girl Happy, from 1965. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. Mike, we are in 1965 for the first time. This is movie one of three for Mr. Elvis Presley oh. in 1965. Nice. A Chicago mobster hires a rock and roll singer and his band to keep an eye on his daughter during spring break in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I did not get the sense he was a Chicago mobster. Did oh, you? Oh, yeah. Right off the bat. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I, it couldn't be uh, to me anything I thought he was just like else. a protective dad. Well, he's that too. Okay. I mean, it's like that movie Oscar with Stallone. He's the protective dad who's Oscar mm. a mobster. <laughs> anyway, uh, spring break, Elvis style. I was not expecting this, even though no, we I don't knew remember what, what our guesses we were, were. Like we talked, we did oh, we, guess, we, we do for, guess, we but s- then we do reveals. Yeah, now. so okay. I totally forgot all that. And uh, yeah. So before we get into girl happy, Mike, we have news and we have email. What do you want to do first? You want to do news? You want to do email? Uh, let's do some news first. Okay. First off, you and I just watched the teaser for oh, Sofia yeah. Coppola's Priscilla. Oh yeah. Forty six seconds long. So we got Callie uh, Spaney. As yeah. Priscilla Presley, we got Jacob Elordi as Elvis Presley. Are you familiar with either of their work? I not their names, but if I see them and you tell me, I might have seen some stuff they're in. By the way, we literally watched this right before recording, yeah. yes. so like just watch this trailer. Jacob Elordi, okay, best known mm-hmm. for being yes. the scary boyfriend. On the euphoria he's neat oh jesus yeah <laughs> interesting all right he's I also know that. he's also in deep water the ben affleck on Armas. oh i want to see erotic that. thriller that they tried to squash and they like way the f cut down because they broke up yeah yeah i want to see that like it was like it. it was still pretty horny it was like apparently at one point like super horny as horny as this movie we're going to talk about today uh it's really horny okay I mean, this is a movie, keep in mind, Girl Happy, where Elvis does not take his shirt off. Elvis will never take his shirt off another movie from oh, here on out. I didn't even consider that while watching the movie. But, and there was a pool there the whole time. He's at the beach. He's, he's at the pool. Yep. Shirted the entire... He's red, water red skiing. Shirt. Red shirt the whole time. <laughs> red speedboat. Oh, there is a red sports car. There is. So that's good. Callie Spaney, I best known her for being Boots in Bad Times of the El Royale. Do you remember? She's like the younger sister of okay. Dakota Johnson. I know you don't Vaguely. like that movie as much as I do. It's still a cool movie. I just don't have the recollection. She's most recently, she's been like the first lady and mayor of Easttown, but she's been in a bunch of different stuff. All right. Um, she was, in, she was uh, Jane Ginsburg and On the Basis of Sex. She was in Pacific Rim Uprising, but she's... Oh, I saw that. ...an up-and-coming actress. I really liked her as Boots. She's the one that like... Chris Hemsworth, I mean, how could you not? Like, she gets seduced by Chris Hemsworth right, on the beach, right. and he, you know, recruits her to his yeah. cult or whatever. I think she joins up with John Boyega to ride the Jaegers in that... Um, the John Boyegers? The John Boyegers, yeah, in Pacific Rim Job. <laughs> I didn't mean to time that as soon as you were taking a sip. It's okay. The other new... Okay, actually, no, wait, no Priscilla. Sophia, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is also kind of a crossover to Uncle Francis, in a way. You, you've uh-huh. not gotten to Sophia yet. There was no. one episode about a Sophia movie that was released yeah, in your feed. We got hijacked. Um, but... You've got not gotten to Sophia yet. I don't. Based on the way that you're like bouncing around, I have zero idea when you'll ever get to Sophia. I mean, you might. The next eight episodes might be about Sophia. They Who knows? could be. They could be. We still have to do Priscilla. She was an actor, so she was in like The Naked Gun and Ford Fairlane. Oh, we have to do Priscilla. Oh, we have to do that too. Oh yeah, that's us. Sorry, I got my <laughs> podcast confused. <laughs> Jeez Louise, But Sophia is, you know, daughter of Francis Ford. You have the Francis, the Uncle Francis wine cellar podcast. Yes, yes, yes. So this is a a twofer. Yeah. Which is very exciting. And this looks amazing. I think I missed the last few Sophia Coppola movies. I might have to do like a film fest running up to this one, but I didn't 
I think the Bling Ring was the last one I saw. So you've missed the Beguiled? Like no, I saw remake. Beguiled, saw but that was Beguiled. a remake. So I didn't really, I mean, it counts, but like I've seen that movie before. So that was like just seeing it again almost. Let's um, see. What has Sofia Coppola done? Not that this is a Coppola podcast. That's your other show. Go check out Uncle Francis's Wine no, Cellar. But she did direct this amazing looking Priscilla movie. Like, I'm, I, it looks Oh, she gorgeous. did On the Rocks. That, didn't, yeah. Didn't see uh, that. Bill Murray, Rashida Jones movie, which was fine. She did The Beguiled. And the bling ring. So you've only missed one. Oh, okay. I thought I missed way more. And then there's uh, a very Murray Christmas that I did not watch, the Bill Murray Christmas special. Mm, but, pass. Uh, but this looks good. Uh, yeah, I, I was very excited. I liked the way the trailers cut. I liked the music over the like montage and everything. And then uh, yeah, the teaser. Like we're not, yeah. you know, I am. I have steered away from trailers, and I think largely you're sometimes like hit or miss on them. But like I think you've also largely adopted I, my anti-trailer. Yeah, stance. I just watched the. I basically, I'll be honest with you. I watch superhero movie trailers, and like those are the only ones I watch because what the hell? Why not? Well, speaking like of superhero movie trailers, we will be doing a superhero movie podcast oh a little bit later gosh. today. So check out cageclub.me for that. But. Um, yeah, this looks good. So I was saying it's, yeah. it's, it's more of a teaser than a trailer. So like, I don't, you know, usually watch it, but like, you don't, you just get, the only thing that's quote unquote spoiled is like the look, but like, you also know it's a Sofia Coppola movie. So like, you know how it's kind of going to look. So mm -hmm. like, check it out. But we will do an episode on that as soon as it comes out. Just like we did Boz's Elvis last year. Yep. We were talking about Priscilla this year, which is very, very fun. The other news, and I say this for you, the best streaming service, the Criterion Channel. Oh, Every okay. month does like their, what's coming up next? Mike, next month, on the Criterion Channel, seven Elvis films. What the hitting Criterion Channel? What? Wait, does this? Hold on a second. Could this mean one day there will be an Elvis streamer, an Elvis Criterion collection? Ooh. The way because I never would have imagined in my wildest dreams they'd have done the the Showa Ever Godzilla collection, and lo and behold, sure, like my dreams came true. So my new dream. And Elvis, a big <laughs> And it doesn't have to be all of them, right? Like, just curate a nice batch of them. So these movies that are coming out, there are six coming out in July and one coming in September. We've covered all of these already. So okay, they're all earlier okay. Elvis, which does not bode well for the future of this podcast. <laughs> but Love Me Tender. All right. Jailhouse Rock. Uh-huh. Thumbs down. I know. King Creole. Great. Thumb, very thumbs up. Wild in the Country. Okay. Blue Hawaii. Thumbs yes. up. Viva Las Vegas. Thumbs very up. Very thumbs up. And coming September 1st. Flaming Star. Okay, so that's like some of the best ones pretty right solid, there. They're pretty, pretty much mix. the best ones. Oh man, did uh, was I thinking of Anne Margaret tonight during this this movie? Well, mackerel. Do you know why? Do you know the big connection between Anne Margaret and this movie? She was supposed to be in it. Is well, my is my big thing. And the Colonel was like, "I will not have Anne Margaret into the movie." Maybe, but her character in the last movie named Rusty. <gasps> His name, name in this movie also Rusty. Also, I noticed in the credits one of the. Uh, one of the women playing one of the girls, her the actress name Rusty. Well, I did not catch that. That's an even as a rusty connection. There's like two pages of tr of credits at the end of this, so it's like <laughs> as soon as that VN came up, I'm like, cool. Not that I spoil. No, I know what you're saying. I love this movie. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Not not that like when, the, but as soon as the end came up, I'm just like, I can I don't have to pay attention anymore. Elvis Presley's music lit a fire at the heart of American pop culture and his electrifying screen presence, including his controversial televised gyrations, helped make him a legend. Elvis carried his natural magnetism into film acting, transmitting a brooding sexiness, sincerity, and rebel cool oh. in the mold of James Dean and Marlon Brando. Highlights like the landmark rock musical Jailhouse Rock, featuring the singer's iconic rendition of the title song. Michael Curtiz's noirish musical drama King Creole, yeah. in which Elvis steps into a role originally written for Dean. With Walter Matthau. And the Clifford Odette's penned Wild in the Country show off his astonishing star charisma and raw dramatic ability. Okay. 
All right. So six on Criterion Channel. That was in a nice July. sum up. It's Criterion. They're, they're, they do it right, man. This is a very good right. Like they just care. So we just did for too fast. We did Armageddon. And I'm like, do you guys know that Armageddon is in the Criterion Channel? I, they're like, what? I have the copy. I have the DVD. So there's the Affleck commentary. The stuff of legend. But there is also, it was the final Criterion laser disc. Oh, cool. Which cool. is like $250 on eBay. All right. Justly. Justly. There's like a there's like a standard cheapo laser disc you can get for like ten bucks, but like right. the criterion yeah. one. So they they did some weird shit in like their early life of crate. They put out Robocop. Apparently so Michael Bay the, starts this commentary. Rock. He's like he's like, why is this in the Criterion channel? He tries to explain, he never actually explains it. But yeah, he, I guess they just love Michael Bay. I guess so. Who doesn't? Really? I know. Why not? All That's right. all the news, I think. Is there any of the news that you've seen? Uh Elvis news? No, I still haven't oh so I borrow a, a netflix from a family member and you know the whole new thing mm-hmm, started mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. i was gonna start the cartoon the oh, Elvis yeah, cartoon, yeah, 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 yeah. but when we get to it we'll get to it uh, i was just hoping to check it out by now like at least an episode well i also like i was also thinking about like the rather key news i'm like we should be probably should have watched daisy jones and the six at least a little bit of that by now still haven't but you well know. maybe we'll do like a bonus episode we're gonna do riley we can jump around this is the longest Move, slowest moving, longest tenured, just going to bounce all over. Hey, take a take a page out of the Uncle Francis wine cellar. Just go all over the map yeah, and do whatever you feel like doing. Although I like this weird, I don't know. We, th- th- this is working. I, as I we agree. Get, as we I get agree. deeper, it gets weirder. Anyway, okay. <laughs> we have an email address, king at cageclub.me. And Mike, we've got four Whoa. emails to cover all today. Right. First up from Carrie Byers, subject line Elvis Pod. Hello. Hi. Guys, I love the podcast. I've been an Elvis fan since probably junior high. I've seen all the movies numerous times. I've always found it so odd. They're so difficult to find and watch. Well, there you go. Criterion Channel. It's so cool to hear non-fans, shout out us, who have (laughs) never seen these movies talk about them. It's such an interesting view. I especially like that you discuss other cast members. One actress that has a crazy story is Jenny Maxwell, who played Ellie in Blue Hawaii. Look her up. She was murdered. It's still a crazy cold case. Whoa. Okay. Thanks, guys. Keep it up, Carrie. True crime pod. Nice. What if, okay, we do all the Elvis (laughs) movies, we do the Priscilla movies, we do the Riley movies, and then we solve her cold case. (laughs) Dude, what if we take on, like, we go through all of this stuff and try and suss out any other unsolved mysteries, and we go and turn this into that show? Love it. It's crazy. Next from Victoria Colombo, excited for more of your podcast. Hello. Hi. I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoy listening to Viva Pod Vegas. I've been a fan of Elvis's music for a long time, but it was because of Boz's movie last year that I decided to watch Elvis's movies. Nice. It was fun going through his 31 films last year, and even though not all of them are masterpieces, all of them somehow put a smile on my face or made me laugh. Wait, wait, wait. She watched them all? In one year. All right. That's every, my kind of fan. Every once in a while, I think back to when we did Cage Club and we did three a week, and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Well, we were insane in other degrees of our lives at that point, too, watching other stuff. So, like, it seemed normal but at still, the time. It's, but it, it was, is, yeah. It was insane. Yeah. But awesome. Yes. Shout out to Victoria Columbo watching all 31. I mean, it's, it's going to take us, like, we started this pre-COVID. I mean, we, <laughs> you know, I want my, my one thing is to still have these in person, but, like, it's taken us years to get about halfway through. <laughs> I'm really excited for your future episodes, especially when you get to films like Stay Away Joe and Change of Habit. I also want to say thank you. Stay Away Joe. Don't know it. That's a movie? Change of Habit, I think, is the Nun movie. Oh, boy. Killer Nun? 
<laughs> I also want to say thank you for not insulting these films throughout your entire podcast. Listen to another Elvis movie podcast. There's another Elvis movie podcast. Uh-oh. I won't name names, she says. And the Is host that the spent, name of it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and the host spent a lot of time making fun of the films and pointing out everything they didn't like. So it got a little tiring listening to so much negativity. Mm. I appreciate you guys can talk about the not so great or wild things that happen in these movies without harping on them. Keep on going. I'd be sad if you stopped updating. Well, we're going. We're, we're still going. Uh, so just a point about like not bashing these, like, I feel like that's how we started podcasting was to like, let's just try, like, even if these things are bad and we don't like them, let's just talk about what we did like yep. and that kind of thing. And I really kind of had to hone that over on one of my other shows, The Monsters That Made Us with mm-hmm. Dan Cologne and stuff, because some of those universal movies, you just don't want to, right? like, there's just not a lot there. So like, you really have to stretch to be like, yeah, this is uh, this was good about it. Going back to Cage Club, when we started yeah. Cage Club, there were two other, I think, Cage podcasts who had stopped. And I remember finding some movie, maybe it was like Time to Kill. Like it was like a weird, obscure Cage movie I'd never heard about. And I was like, I wonder, because like I never, I don't want to listen to other podcasts because like I don't want to like echo their thoughts. I mean, I listen to other podcasts, but I don't listen to other podcasts about like the subject we're doing. Yeah. And I want to be like, I wonder what they thought about this. And they just like shit all over it. I'm like, what is the purpose of this podcast if you're just going to make fun of things? So yes, Victoria, like that's absolutely the point. Like, like, like Mike was saying, Find the positivity. I also, it helps that, like, again, genuinely love Girl Happy. Also, that these Elvis movies are, like, actually surprising and fun yeah. and all that other stuff. Like, they might not be the best movies, but they are yeah. entertaining. Like, mm-hmm. th- so that makes them work for me. Then we have two emails in a row from Judith Anderton. Sweet. Viva Pod Vegas. Just want to say thank t- thank you to you guys for your Viva Pod Vegas podcast. I'm absolutely loving it. Oh, thank you. I just wrote a review for you on Apple stores, which sums up my podcast or thumbs up, sums up my thoughts. I'm so far up to it happened at the World's Fair, which the walls have ears. Oh, my God. Yeah, good one. I particularly love your guesses as to what the next film may include. I'm still chuckling away at the thought of Elvis saying help to the World Associate Word Association game when given the work, the word help in follow that dream. Such a misleading title. I can't wait to hear more, although I'm having a ration myself, so don't catch up with you too soon. Keep up the great work, Jude. Follow that dream. That's when they move to Florida and declare, we live here now, right mm-hmm. on the side of the highway. And Okay, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> so here's her pod- or her review. She puts this in the email. I'm absolutely loving the podcast. Thank you, Joey and Mike. I, like many others, have entered the post-Boz Elvis movie rabbit hole and truly into Elvis world. Oh, nice. Being negative three years old when Elvis sadly left us, I'm classing myself as part of the next-gen Elvis fandom. I think this podcast is a must for new fans like me. These guys are doing an amazing job of exploring all of Elvis's movies in chronological order. I love how they are not necessarily Elvis fans, but do respect him. They are clearly movie fans, and so approaching this from a place-in-movie history angle, it always makes me laugh and smile along the way. It's great to explore these movies through their eyes, to hear their first impressions, but also the facts. They have found out throughout watching them and their links to future films, especially the works of Cage. I've only really seen Viva Las Vegas. I'm looking forward to jumping into these movies. I knew I wanted to start with Kid Creole after us Austin Butler's recommendation, and these guys have confirmed this to me. Hmm. But they've also made me super interested in GI Blues, Blue Hawaii, Girls, Girls, Girls for the WHE World's Bo- World. Oh, wait. Boats, boats, boats. You have in the World's Fair is not that. It has in the World's Fair is other crazy stuff, but the Walls Have Ears is Girls, 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 Boats, Boats, Boats. Yes. Boats, Boats, Boats. Maybe wild in the country and see how funny I find follow your dream. They're doing a great job of keeping Elvis's movies alive. Keep taking care of business, guys. Nice. Taking care of business. Yeah. Thank you. That was a great review. And thank you, Boz Lerman. 
for making that movie and like hipping mm-hmm. so many people onto his films and thus our show. So awesome. And then she sends in again, OMG Kissing Cousins. What is that film? I can't wait to hear what you guys say about it. I'm 35 minutes in and I'm not actually sure I can watch the remaining hour. I've already sent you an email to say hi and thanks so much. I also want to add that I finally enhanced my Viva Pod Vegas podcast experience by listening to your guesses at the end of the show, then watching the film before I listen to your breakdown. That is not going to help, but I appreciate <laughs> it. I did this for fun in Acapulco, which I love, and now for a second time with the car crash that is Kiss and Cousins. It's a winning technique, so I'll continue on my journey. Thanks right. so much for spending time on this journey, Jude. Welcome to Jude. Thank you, everybody who wrote in. That's yeah. wonderful. Should we make shirts that say, like, we survived, what were they called, the Kitty Hawks? Was that what they meant, the Kiss yes. and Cousins? <laughs> Boy. So here we are. Here we are. Girl happy. Spring break. If you want to email in king at cageclub.me, Jude also forwarded that because I, I think I said like run. Like I've, I've given every wrong email, but any most <laughs> cageclub.me email, cageclub. emails will get to me in one way or the other, but king, K-I-N-G at cageclub.me. Girl happy. Um, any trivia about like taglines yeah. or things like that? Terrible taglines. Oh, yeah. They're all bad. They're always bad. Number one. Okay. Over his head... In love, girls, songs, and laughs. And each of those four words are capitalized, all capital letters. Over his head in love, girls, songs, and laughs. Over your head. Over his head. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that sentence out. So he's over his head in love. He's head over heels in love. Okay, okay, sure. Over his head in girls? Yeah. Not really. There's there's one and a half. There's two. mm. No, but there's like tons of girls down there. True. In that one jail scene. This is a better movie. This is a better Girls, Girls, Girls title for this one. Totally. Songs, sure. Lots of songs. Oh, thankfully, plays a musician. Mm. Wipe the brow early on in that. (laughs) And laughs. Sure. Okay. Yeah, they yuck it up a lot. I'll give them that. Here's the one I'm going to use for the podcast. Because it has three exclamation points. Whoa. And it has a word in quotations, and I don't know why. Cool. Lots of stuff going on. Elvis jumps with the campus crowd to make the beach, quote unquote, ball bounce. Don't jumps know why it's in quotes. The campus crowd Elvis to make the jumps beach. with the campus crowd to make the beach ball bounce. I, that, all right. Maybe I should save this question for later, <laughs> but oh, he's not in college, right? I have no idea. <laughs> all of these people look like they're 35. This is Greece, basically. Like... When you watch Grease and it's like Stockard Channing, she's I'm in so her- I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I think one of the main reasons, I realized that this morning, one of the main reasons I like this movie is because Girl Happy sounds like Cool Rider. Girl <laughs> Happy, Cool Rider. And that's Grease too. It could be. Which I'm not saying is the superior Grease. No, but- But the, is the superior Grease. And, and the Cool Rider looks a lot like- Cool Elvis with the leather jacket and the slick hair. Yeah, man. He's British Elvis. Elvis jumps with the campus crowd to make, I, make the beach ball bounce. Okay. All right. I, I don't, I mean, there's just a different world, right? Like these are just buzzwords and stuff thrown together. Whereas like, they're not trying to explain the movie or anything like that. No. Because the, the perfect tagline is spend spring break with Elvis. With Elvis. Period. Full stop. <laughs> The thing that confused me the most, and we'll get to it. So remember when they get there, get to get to the the motel, and there's that beautiful woman walking around the pool. Is that Dina? 
Is that the same woman? Is that the one he like is is with for most of the movie? Is that Dean or is that I a different brunette? So because I'm not sure if you know the first time we see her is when they do the wolf call song and he picks her out of the crowd out of the Italian guy's Okay, because there's just, it's another sure. brunette, but like she's walking around. No, and I'm like, is this woman 40? And I think she's supposed <laughs> to be their age. Like she looks and not yes. like she's not look bad. No, it's just that this movie is 60 years old and everyone looks old as hell and like old as hell in terms of like they're supposed to be playing like 20 they're probably all closer to 30 and because of the style of the time look closer to 40 true yeah and it's, it's i had a i was really disoriented it was it is but i think you're right because he approaches val with that guitar song and then he like can't keep his eyes off of dina and yeah. then he instantly goes and serenades her when it's he either strikes dina or another brunette like it but, makes sense for it to be dina but yeah. i also don't know i don't have confirmation hmm. either way okay anyway uh, that one, that one college kid, but like that does the weird whistle later. Like he is God, like in his fifties. He is incredible. <laughs> I love him. I have no idea what his character name is. This, I think it's in uh, in the subtitles. Like I had watched. It with I the watched the subtitles too, but oh, I don't. Okay. I didn't. <sighs> anyway, okay. Cast: Ellis Presley as Rusty Wells. Like we said, also the name of Anne Margaret's character in Viva Las Vegas. That's Rusty. Crazy. Shelley Fabaris. As Valerie Frank might be pronouncing that wrong, F A B A R E S. Okay. She will, this is so exciting for me, like, she's gonna be Elvis' love interest in Spin Out and Clam Bake. Okay. I thought she was adorable and great in this movie, and I am thrilled she's coming back twice. She is very good. She's great. Uh, I'm also excited she's coming back. I'm glad they found someone. Uh, to replace Anne Margaret because that is clearly what yeah. is going. She yeah, yeah, even yeah. tries to do the dance and everything like that. And I had to watch Anne Margaret's scene from Viva sure. Las Vegas after watching this to be like, that's oh, you, how it's done. You had to. <laughs> I wanted to. But, um, but that's all I could keep thinking is like, okay, this would have been so incredible if it was Anne Margaret and it would have, and, and then she becomes his, like, they become the duet for a couple which they, movies. Which they, and they, yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying, like, because in this movie, like, they try to incorporate Valerie into the band and, like, it kind of works, but, like, they don't really, like, I think it works in the movie, but they don't really try to, like, have her, like, be in the band. But, right, like, right. it was Anne Margaret, because, like, she's in the band, right? right. But, like, yeah. But it's cool to know that they wanted to find someone that they could sort of pair Elvis with for a few movies, because, I don't know, I think that's just, just kind of nice. It seems easier, right? Like, that if you too. find something that clicks, just, like, let you do it again. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was a thing at the time, right? Like, it could have, like... There's a lot of that stuff going on. It's just like acting duos. Yeah. So, good work. So Shelly was a regular as the daughter on the Donna Reed show. Hmm. She got two Emmy nominations for her work on the TV show Coach. She was the oh. voice of Martha Kent in two animated Superman movies oh, in the 90s and 2000s. All right. And interestingly, sort of, I guess, she had a song called Johnny Angel, which was number one on the charts. That's and Elvis' song, Good Luck Charm, knocked her song out. So like oh. a couple years before this movie, Elvis is like, my turn. <laughs> well, that's cool. Then they were definitely trying to find someone like a, like a multi, like someone who could sing and yeah. do stuff. You know, she had a record career as well as a film career, like that kind of thing. Yes. I could see that. Her dad, Big Frank, is played by Harold Stone. Seems like he was largely a Broadway and radio actor. He was also in Stanley Kubrick's Spartacus. Okay. All right. Was he Spartacus? Well, they all are. He was yet. David. I am Spartacus. Gary Crosby as Andy. I don't know. I think Andy's just one of the members in the band. He's Bing Crosby's kid. Oh, wow. Okay. Got nothing more about him. A lot of these people <laughs> I clicked on the wiki, I'm just like, I don't recognize any of this. Yeah. Like a lot of people that. like have been like, you know, they were like, he was in these 45 TV shows in the 60s. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Or like, they all are. 
Right. Because there's, yeah. there's like 40 actors it's, and they're in every TV show. It's got to stick out like she was Batgirl. Yes. You know, then you're like, oh. I right. do have some bat connections, which we'll get to. Whenever I saw a Batman thing, I was cool. like, all right, we'll get there. <laughs> okay, Joby Baker as Wilbur. Don't, have, don't know anything about him. Uh, Jimmy Hawkins as Doc. All right. He plays George Bailey's son in His Wonderful Life. I guess. I don't really like that movie. I'm one of a few, I think. And then he was, of the like five or six people that I just run through, I was looking at Letterboxd too. He's the only one who was in anything I've ever seen before, which is in its wonderful life. But like all those people above had never been in anything I've seen before. Oh, okay. And I was like, I was worried. I'm like, is Letterboxd glitching? Like it's all like scene zero of 30, zero of 20, which is like, no, I've never even heard of most of these movies. Wow, so yeah. So it's Obscure. like, a, it's a real kind of who's who of whatever. Okay. Um, the burlesque stripper was played by Nita Talbot. She plays Sunny Days. Yeah. And she had an Emmy nomination for Hogan's Heroes. Oh, Hogan. Uh, Dina. Oh. Uh-huh. Played by Mary Ann Mobley. All right. She won Miss America in 1959. Yeah, very cool. Okay. She was very pretty. The foreign exchange student Romano is played by Fabrizio Mioni. The nerd Brentwood von Durgenfeld. That was his name. Conan O'Brien basically is played is like, by Peter Brooks. He's playing that Conan archetype. He's like, I'm a nerd. And pushing up his glasses. And then he's got a great line at the end, which we'll get to. Oh, no, he doesn't. That's a terrible I know, line. a terrible line. But like, <laughs> I like that the move that the writers are just like, his story has come full circle. <laughs> he learned his lesson. Uh, Sergeant Benson, who I guess is maybe one of the cops, possibly, played by Jackie Coogan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Uncle, Uncle Fester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the kid in The Kid. He was one of the first child stars. He played the kid in Charlie yeah, Chaplin's and The Kid. Yeah, and there's like a whole like law now because the of The Coogan Act. Mike, you hit all three of my bullet points. <laughs> you got Uncle Fester, you got the kid, and he's the titular Coogan Act because he sued his parents for squandering his money. Right, yeah. So now California's like, we set a law to like make sure that parents don't like spend yeah, all like of their Shia's kids' Shia's parents yes. and Feldman's parents mm-hmm. and all that, yeah. Uh, Mr. Penchill, don't know who that is. Maybe that's the, mot- I think it's probably the motel manager. Yeah. By John Fiedler. Okay. He's he doing a bunch of stuff. He was familiar. the unique juror in 12 Angry Men. He's the guy who's like, kind of like, but he's mousy. been in tons of stuff. Yeah. He's doing a bunch of stuff. I really recognize him. I, w- I even want to say he was in like mad, 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 mad world or some shit like that. Everyone was in that I, movie. I, well, I know. I, I like just... literally everyone. <laughs> we were in that movie. We weren't even alive yet. <laughs> Great movie. Uh, Chris Knoll was a, she plays Betsy. Don't know who that is. She was a popular pinup girl of the era interesting about her she was she did a lot of like uh tr- visits to the troops because she's oh, a pinup girl so USL? she's just like look at me yeah and she got shot at twice while she was in helicopter holy so shit. like she survived just, death twice there's a uncle francisco it's like apocalypse now that scene in vietnam where mm-hmm. they just like bring in the dancing girls in the mm-hmm. war zone beverly adams plays girl number two in this movie only wow. only reason of note she's uncredited uh she's from roustabout she's also uncredited but she's oh. getting the background to these movies all right is uh you know what i'm gonna ask what is um oh no she's not she's not in it i don't remember i, I don't remember her name terry she, gar yes she's not in this okay uh red west is an extra in the Kit Kat club but that's elvis's one-time friend a bodyguard who wrote that tell-all but he's back in this movie where he like oh. he's just like elvis what happened like, he like spilled the dirt he spilled the tea or whatever on elvis but he's back in here somewhere huh. um and then two other things these people are not of any note to anything pamela curran played bobby who's not even on the wiki uh but i i I thought I only wrote her down because she played smooching teenager in the blob, which I thought was a pretty oh, funny. That's an awesome credit. And then the guy who plays a police captain is Milton Frome, who in Batman sixty six played Vice Admiral Fangschleister. Okay, does this so, does it give an episode or anything? I don't know. Okay, it probably well, does. Awesome. You can find that out. I don't think that was one of the uh, rogues in the gallery, but uh, very cool. It sounds like an intense name though, Vice Admiral Fangschleister. Mm-hmm. 
Directed by Boris Sagal, who did The Omega Man, starring your boy, Colin oh, Heston. Chuck Heston, okay. He did a bunch of TV work. He was nominated for four Emmys for the miniseries Rich Man, Poor Man, and then later Masada, but huh. sadly, darkly, died Murder in mystery? 1982. No, oh. very clear how he died. <laughs> oh. uh, in an accident, he was making the miniseries World War Three. walked the wrong way after exiting a helicopter and was partially decapitated. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's like a, a Twilight Zone Right? Like, that's how... Yeah. Oh, right. Twilight's on the movie. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's brutal. Uh. Written by Harvey Bullock, who wrote a lot of TV. Um, in DC Comics Batman series, yes. there's a police officer Detective named Bullock. Detective Bullock, who's a tribute to this guy. What the hell? Why? Don't know. Just a TV writer. And then his writing partner, R.S. Allen, uh, they received the Random House Award and were nominated for an Emmy Award later. So... Okay. Know. Um, produced by Joe Pasternak, who was an MGM producer during the golden era of musicals. He also produced, I think, Judy Garland's last movie. Okay, then why didn't he, you know, maybe beef up the musical aspects of this a little more? Like, I need everybody to break into song. Well, <laughs> and the people dancing, we got to talk about the. the, the <laughs> I, I have a thing about the dance. You, I'm almost there. I have two, one, one bullet in between. Um, shot, shot by Philip Lathrop, who did The Driver, which is great. Oh. Point blank, and they shoot, they shoot horses, don't they? But. Wait, The Driver with. Ryan O'Neill? Like the driver, the driver, oh, yeah. Okay. And then shot by our choreography by David Winters, who also did Viva Las Vegas. So he did like a okay. great job there. Okay. They were like, David, we got this song, Do the Clam. Oh, we need you to right. make a dance for Do the Clam. He's like, I'm on it. Dude, this is like a skit from I Think You Should Leave, or he's like, I'm trying to come up with something. <laughs> and he did this dance to Do the Clam, and all Wikipedia says, it never caught on. <laughs> <laughs> no. Shit. Yeah. Um, Do the Clam, very, very risque title, too, if you want to like decode that. Mm. But that dance is like the worst dance in like film history. Like, what <laughs> is going on? Like, how do you release that? Anyway, what's funny to me about that dance, we'll get to it, is that they start dancing and then they just crop Elvis out of frame. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? I, I also feel like it's a very inconsistent dance and they never do it again in the movie. It's also really long like that's a long song for them just to dance and just like i don't know who these people are dancing just like kids dancing it's amazing there's also some amazing stuff too where like the band starts getting up and dancing but like even the drummer but the drums don't stop playing so (laughs) it's like they're not matching they're not caring so a little bit of trivia about this this one fourth place the laurel award for the top musical of 1965 the unsinkable molly brown about the titanic somber timely somber timely thing Mm. that one viva las vegas even though it was the year before, came in second. Hard Day's Night came in third. Wow. This was fourth. And Robin and the Seven Hoods, which I don't know, came okay. in fifth. Wow. I can't believe the, um, that small band from Liverpool was wedged between two Elvis movies. So there's more about the Beatles, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, there's there's this this I, movie is almost directly in response to Beatlemania. Oh, now that you say that, I, I could see that because yeah. of his band and all, the, and mm-hmm. all that. They should have given them a little more personality. But like the music's good there's mm-hmm. one very strange song title the one i tweeted about yep yep mm-hmm. uh, but other than that like i was really digging the tunes so mm-hmm. yeah and the viva las vegas i think that has some of my new favorite music yes then, so so mgm presented this movie girl happy as a beach party film but elvis like i said before does not appear without a shirt in any movie yeah. from here on out even though he had before he wears mostly long sleeves for most of the film even while water skiing you know what would have been just chef's kiss for this film is if there were cameos, like fun cameos mm, of the time. Like Annette Finicello? Exactly. Like if Frankie and Annette just drove by the beach and was like, 
looks like we're not needed here yep. and just kept going. Things like that to pepper in would have been just amazing. Maybe it was a money thing. I don't know. Well, I think they felt they didn't need it because they had Elvis. Yeah. So they got like Jackie Coogan, you know, to like fill a very small role at the yeah. end of the movie. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> So this is set in Fort Lauderdale, but Elvis filmed no scenes there. They almost shot everything in a back lot in yeah. MGM, and they only did second unit filming in Fort Lauderdale. So like, okay. there's like a couple sets. It's like very clear that the motel is a set. I right? love that vibe, though, because it gives yeah. the whole movie this plastic reality. I feel like I hope this is what like Megalopolis is kind of like, right? Ooh, yeah, like all like obviously a like, movie. Yeah. But don't pay attention to that kind of thing. It really added to sort of getting into it more for me, like the fun. Like when his friends are looking over what are clearly plastic bushes, but they're supposed to be real bushes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like so getting into that. It's really cool. Other titles for this film, Mike, see if you like either of these oh, better. Here we go. If they're, if, what, if they're not Spring Break Elvis, I don't like them. <laughs> um, so it's called Girl Happy. Another one was called Girl Crazy. Mm, same same difference. The other one, wildly different. The only way to love. What? This Don't is know. first of all, having like having it be your job to keep an eye on someone that you then fall in love with is not the only way to love. That is one of the ways not to fall in love, but okay. Uh the only other trivia about the movie Wait, is that, that's the only other title? Yeah. Oh, the only way to love no, Girl that. Crazy and the only way to love. Like they're terrible. Okay. I thought there was gonna be at least one or two more. Nope. So when this was released on VHS in 1988, it was reissued nine years later. They cut out the song Starting Tonight, which is when he's singing on stage to like, Harvard is starting tonight. This school oh, is starting fun. tonight. Yeah, I don't know. But they're, oh. so they eventually they put it back on. It's on the DVD. I was worried. Do you have the same thing that I have the four yeah. back to Elvis musicals? Yeah. When I'm like, okay, there's a disc, yep. a disc. Yep. And then this is side A of a two side thing. And I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> but like, it looks beautiful. Like it's a really yeah. nice print. I know. It's so like deceptive sometimes with DVDs and back in the day i was worried though because we've had some rough prints yeah well i just maybe the better movies are better taken care of you know i don't know but do you like this more than are you with me that this is like one of the better elvis movies oh or yeah no? okay. yeah yeah okay. i mean look it's kind of like at times disgusting and offensive in those sure. but like ways it's of its six, days it's 60 years old yes yeah I get it. but because but uh, for what it is like it's totally harmless and adorable like there's so much fun going mm -hmm. on here some trivia about the soundtrack that we can actually get in the movie. This is his 10th soundtrack. Okay. Peaked at number eight, excluding a singles compilation. This was his sixth album release in a row that was a soundtrack. So he's not putting Whoa. out like, he's not putting out like new, like the, all this new music basically is just movie soundtracks. That's odd, right? Like nowadays you couldn't really get away with that, right? Like what if Jay-Z's last four albums were all soundtracks to movies? Well, like, like uh, you know who did that? Like, bon Jovi for Young Guns Two. That's the last well, time I Beyonce remember. Beyonce did it. Black is King for Lion King. Okay. I don't know. I feel like there's like the the Black Panther soundtrack wasn't like by one artist, but like I feel like there's certain movies. I think they're traditionally black cinema where it's like there's an accompanying album that is like really cool. But like if Beyonce's like, like mm -hmm. my next four albums are like Lion King, Little Mermaid, it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, that's, right. that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, what if you don't like Elvis's movies and so you don't go to them so you don't get the record because you never heard the song? Right. I don't know. It seems like a weird marketing thing. I don't know what, what the hell. But I guess so like if you're in on Elvis, you're all the way in. You're going to see his movies. You're going to buy his songs. You're going to dance to the songs, you know, whatever. Who knows? Um, the song Puppet on a String reached number 14 on the Hot 100, number three on the Adult Contemporary Charts. Okay, it's a good one. 
Uh, 11 songs were recorded for this movie. They were all used. The song The Meanest Girl in Town was originally released as Yeah, She's Evil by Bill Haley and the Comets a year before. Great for some song. reason. Mm -hmm. yeah. So here's the Beatlemania thing. All right. For reasons unknown, it says. Oh, more unsolved mysteries. <laughs> the mystery is kind of solved, I think. Ah, bummer. Several of his songs are slightly sped up, which makes his voice sound higher than usual, most noticeable on the title track. I didn't notice at all. And so apparently this was originally when they recorded it, there was an issue. So like the like the master is too sped up. Um, a re-recording re of the title track that was, re or not a recording, a re not whatever, but like they, they fixed it and they finally put out the title track in the 90s at the proper speed. Is that this one or no? This is the yeah, no, no, this one. Like Girl Happy, like the song Girl Happy was released. I don't. I'm saying oh, is the oh, one we heard in the movie. No, I think just the, the, I think I think the movie sped up. I think interesting. I couldn't tell. Um, they said way later that this was done to create an upbeat feeling because they wanted to give some extra youth to Elvis to compete with Beatlemania. Not necessary. Elvis looks amazing in this yeah. movie too. Looks like one of the youngest people on the screen. I know, I know. Like, it's so good. So and, and I don't think they really needed to do that because the music in this is all so upbeat. Mm -hmm. um, and none of it is like, he doesn't get into any kind of like, I don't know how to say it, like thematic music, really. Like, it's all rock and roll. Like, it's all pure. It feels like original E. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, he's not doing like his mariachi thing. He's right. not doing that or anything else. He's not doing a jazzy thing. So like... I feel like that was unnecessary. That's the Colonel sweating bullets, right? He's like, who are these four boys? Well, How did he get four boys? I only have the one. I only have Elvis. <laughs> I think also like they're panicking because the year before 1964 was the only, was the first year Elvis did not reach the top 10. He put out six singles and none of them hit the top 10. So I think they're Whoa. like, we've got to do something. That's shocking. Maybe it's not that he's old. Maybe that people are just like, they think that Elvis, people are tired of Elvis because he's like, it's the this, 60s. It's, satu it's saturated. Like, there's, it's, he's done, he's doing like three movies a year, man. Like, it's, but it's such a different vibe out there in the world now with like Nam and everything. And like, you got the hippies coming and, you know, the British invasion. And it's just American music is kind of needs to catch up and evolve and stuff, you know? So, like, mm -hmm. Elvis represents the past to a lot, a lot of people's parents. Yeah. That's a tough spot that well, he's we in. Well, we and our listeners moment. are leading the charge of next gen Elvis. Next fans. gen. I like it. And, and the other, Neo Elvis fans. The only other news or note, trivia, whatever. Lost all grasp with the English language there. Uh, they re-released the soundtrack in 2003 with a bunch of different versions, alternate takes like they've been doing. Oh, cool. So like there's a bunch of, you know, other. So my favorite thing since, well, one of my favorite things since starting the show mm -hmm. is how I've come to realize that while these movies may have been hard for us to find at the time, they're constantly reissuing and putting out Elvis yes. stuff and it will happen like that forever, yeah. you know? So like eventually all this stuff is going to get re-released or mass produced again. And and it started to happen. Like all these Blu-rays started coming out when we started doing the show. Uh, the, you know, you still hear about re-releasing alternate cuts in 2005 or mm -hmm. whatever. So it's, that's really cool about, about Elvis is like, you know, so much stuff can get reissued. And I think that like, Especially as we've been hearing in emails, as we've been saying, like the Boz movie just like yeah. really ignited like this passion for. So and I think the Priscilla mo movie is going to do that for like a whole different kind of group of film goers, right? Like the A24, well, Boz's movie, was that A24 too? Mm -mm. No, no, right? So like they're so. Priscilla is though. Yeah. So like they're so wildly different in style yeah. and everything like that. You're going to get a different audience too. Well, like I think or so. more I, of an audience. Okay. 
how do I say this without insulting Elvis, like the the Boz Elvis, because I love that movie. I don't know if the movie is good. I think it's fun and I think it's exhilarating and I think it's kind of messy, but I think that's why it works. Yeah. I think Priscilla will be like objectively better. I don't know that it's going to be like a hit. You know what I mean? Because like Sofia Coppola likes make, yeah, yeah. makes a very specific type of movie that people love and that are usually really good and that maybe win awards. Although I do feel like maybe the Elvis hype and the Elvis like buzz will push this up. Yes. But like she's not making movies that are make $500 million at the box office. Well, that, and that's the audience that still needs to get got, right? Is like the people who won't go see the Boz film. Yeah. So she made the film for them perhaps. And like, that's great because now they'll be more interested in mm-hmm. what's going on. For sure. So yeah, win-win. So girl happy. Oh boy. Were you as surprised as I, so almost every single Elvis movie so far, opening credits, title song. Yeah. Not this one. This movie, voiceover. Very. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's what I said. You know, we were talking briefly before a couple of days ago, and I was like, I just started the movie. Mm-hmm. It's already nuts. Yeah. And was I wrong? No. <laughs> Mike, you want to describe what the voiceover is talking about? So if I can remember, he's like, uh, this has a very specific tone yes, for this movie. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I mean, I have to paraphrase a little bit, but he, the voiceover basically is like, ah, oh, like Easter vacation, mm-hmm. spring break. And but they, Fort, don't, they don't call it spring break. They call it Easter vacation. Easter vacation in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? It, it's sort of like, why do we go here? Oh, for this. What's what? It, look at this beautiful girl. Well, well, why do girls go there to make boys happy? Okay. I missed that. <laughs> I miswritten that line. So. And then why do boys go? There's many good reasons. And then they show a bathing beauty Mm -hmm. and they go, oh, what's your name? And he just goes, why, her name is 36, 24, 36. Oh, my God. Those are the reasons because of her dimensions. And then smash cut to Chicago. Where it's it's a blizzard. And they're like, there's women here, too, probably with those dimensions. But how could you tell? And this movie's like, can you imagine all these gross uggos in Chicago who dare to wear a winter coat while it's snowing, as opposed to those babes on the beach in Florida. He, this this movie is just like, fuck these women for trying to stay warm. It is so aggressively like, this movie is just for guys. Uh-huh. This movie... <laughs> even, even though the Elvis Target demo is almost exclusively women. And like but teenage this one girls, is right? For the boys. Like... That is what baffles me so much is that the movie still kind of teeters to Elvis, the sexy heartthrob that that women love. Again, looks great in this movie. Not that like we've gotten a lot of times, particularly for me with the Westerns, like Elvis, the guy you want to be, right? Like be Elvis, get all the girls and stuff. This is more not like that to me. It doesn't seem like that very much. Like I'm so confused by this movie and how... It just goes so hard. <laughs> but it's that that kind of tips the scale for me to not be able to take it seriously at all on that level, right? There is a line later. I have to, I took a picture of the screen. <laughs> Hold on a moment. There is a line later where they're all hanging out at the motel and Elvis's friend comes up to him and they're all taking turns watching Val, okay? And one of them goes, this is more you can expect of any decent, self-respecting sex maniac. Yeah, and you know what that was in reference to? He's like, we have been babysitting this broad from Chicago for four days. I haven't gotten laid once. <laughs> like, 
They're like, we haven't even gotten slapped. Like, we're not even swinging and missing. We're not even having yeah. a chance to get turned down by women. Just blue balls yeah. for days. I Well, because it, I, I do feel that, like... That is why I like the movie, though, is mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of how blind it is in a lot of terms. This feels like, and it's not directly, but it feels kind of like the male version of the Kitty Hawks is Elvis yelling Mayday and all of his men come running. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like we got to go find vibe. Valerie, Mayday, Mayday, and they all pop up like they're groundhogs or gophers with a girl and they run off. Wild stuff. So, after one whole minute of voiceover, <laughs> in the band singing the titular song, Girl Happy, and they are in what I can only describe as the most amazing, beautiful yellow coats. Like these jackets. Oh, yeah. Killer. They're solid gold. Is like how I felt. Like, yeah. uh, I, I, I was very happy to see this because, you know, again, I mentioned earlier in the show, like if Elvis isn't making a living as a musician, like why is he singing with a beautiful yep. voice and no one really caring about it? So like, I was happy that his vocation was, he's an actual singer who's yes. employed and all this kind of stuff. Yep. So right out of the gate, I'm happy. Um, I love the name. Yeah. I mean, I could already like, I, I could already feel the plot like in my head of exactly what I'm going to be watching for the next hour and mm -hmm, a half or mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. but I'm getting excited about it. So they're like, great show guys off to Florida. And big Frank is like, if he leaves, we make no more money. We got to lock them up. Yeah. That's how I knew he was mob mm. because he comes in and they're scared shitless of this guy. Mm -hmm. And he does kind of have like a bit of a He's soprano look yeah. to him. Uh, and I'm just thinking Chicago nightclub, Mafia. Sure. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. make that distinction. Um, and the 60s probably still going. And there's a lot of mob in Elvis movies for some reason. Like, Well, probably because there's a lot of mob in Elvis's life, I would imagine. Good point. But also, Don't know it, for sure. Not going to look it up. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Going in our Elvis movie, though. Yeah, the, and in Florida, because the one when he, you know, staked their claim in Florida, the mob showed up. And the other trailer, mob. right? They have like the rolling casino. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling the opening here. I'm liking the I'm liking uh, I'm liking the setup. You know that he comes in and he's like, "You're not going anywhere. You're working here for the next eight weeks." So they want to go to Fort Lauderdale, and he says no. And then his daughter's like, "Daddy, I'm going to Fort Lauderdale," and he's just like, "No, no, you can't." And she's like, "I'm gonna call you every day. I'm gonna call you every night. It's gonna be fine. Bye." And like she hangs up on him, and then Elvis reverse psychology's his way, awesome. and he's just like. She's going to be fine with those 30,000 sex-crazed guys down there. And Big Frank is like, how many sex-crazed guys? He's like, you're going to go down there and you're going to keep an eye on her. All expenses paid. I'm going to pay for you to go down there and you're going to make sure she has no fun. <laughs> and it's like almost perfect, right? Because he talks about how they go every year. That's when I was originally like, they're not, they can't be college guys because like, I have zero idea, man. And it's just a little weird when they get down there, how it's like everybody knows them because that's they that's they go down there every year. So like, oh, okay, uh, it's the season of Rusty. But I love I love how that worked out. It's like, you know, we need to get to Fort Lauderdale. The boss is never going to let us go. And then the boss is like, come here, you're going to Fort Lauderdale. Right. Just so happens the exact same city at the exact same time. But, but it makes sense because it's yes. spring break. Yep. So it's a little less... Forced. For and, sure. and I love the whole kind of overprotective father motif. Did I mention that that was like Oscar, uh, Sylvester Stallone's? Yes. Movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you did. Just making sure. 
So then we cut down to Florida and the song Spring Fever. So I think Girl Happy is a great song. And then Spring Fever comes on. I think this is a great song, too. And it starts as like sort of like voiceover or like, you know, non-diegetic. But then we cut to the cars and Elvis and his boys are singing the song. And then what I think is really cool about this movie, which I don't think that they had the quote unquote had to do, but they like chose to do. And I think it worked out really well is they also show the girls. They show yeah. Valerie and her friends a couple times, not a lot, but like a couple times. And then like we kind of care about what she's doing too. Like she's not just like an object. It's like, Hey, she, she is an object. Like that's what the, but like the movie's trying to be like, we're also showing you what she and her friends are doing and they're also singing. And I think that's a very cool touch. There is sort of like three things I liked about this scene that was going to set things up. One is like, we get a lot of singing in cars in Elvis movies. Mm-hmm. So it, I was like, ah, oh, that's nice. Like they're singing in the cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the cross cutting. It reminded me of Grease. That mm-hmm. was my first mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I started mm-hmm. noticing the faces. I was like, oh, that's very Grease. And um, like, it's a song that kind of acts like development too, which we don't really, I feel, get a lot of. Like we learn about Val a little bit and like yeah. kind of care about her and stuff. And like, I love how she kind of splits the bill with Elvis in this movie. Like she's going to get a lot of scenes without yes. Elvis, yeah. which I do not like. <laughs> that is me, but the colonel. Let, but Put the, Elvis but the in the colonel, background. The colonel must have liked it enough to bring her back twice, well, I'll right? I'll tell you why. It is not Aunt Margaret. It, it, she does not have Aunt Margaret's appeal. It is mm. close, but it is not on the money. But I mean, there must have also been some like arguing between those managements too. Like, could you imagine Ugh. dealing with the colonel if you're Aunt Margaret? I can't imagine dealing manager. with the colonel as anybody. Right. Even like getting him coffee at like a restaurant. <laughs> boy, oh boy. It is too hot. There is a fly in my soup. Like he's. <laughs> it's okay. I will deduct the 35 cents I owe you. <laughs> All right. So they all get down to the Sandlot Motel, and they're like, oh, this girl's a nerd. She's got glasses. I know. We don't have to worry about her. God. And then she she's all that's herself. Instantly, her like, she's off, all that's herself. And she's and she takes off her, like, her coat, and they're like, oh, no, she's beautiful. <laughs> so crazy things about this. We also get introduced to the nerd, Nerdy Nerdenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget oh, what his character's I'm, name is. I'm going to look it up again because it was wonderful. I want to make sure that we – the nerd is – Brentwood von Durgenfeld. So we get introduced to him and he's like, you know, he's like, I can't compete with all this beauty. I'm in it for the brains, you know? So I'm going to find myself a girl with brains and this and that. And so he's got eyes on Val because no one reading about Schoenberg. She's reading a book. Mm -hmm. So she must be smart and (laughs) for a girl. And Mm -hmm. like, the other guys don't really like her because she's not easy. You know what I'm saying? Like, She's because not she jumping has, into bushes. She has like a very little amount of agency, <laughs> like the barest amount. But like compared to the other movies of the time, she's almost a full fledged woman. <laughs> Close. Uh, and there's like this kind of stay away quality of her from the guys because they know who her dad is and they can't yeah. really get involved like that because they're scared of her father. And so there's sort of this hands off to her that's kind of interesting until. <laughs> Elvis. Well, so Elvis has a plan. He's like, we can keep an eye on her by bringing her to the club where we're going to perform. We're not going to know. She's not going to know that we work for her dad, but like, we're going to like be like, hey, like, we're going to have some fun. Like, come see us perform. He kind of tries to ingratiate himself in her. Like, but he goes up and like, he's like, hold on, guys. Like, I know how to introduce us. And he walks up to her singing and serenading her. Mike, not just singing and serenading, singing, I cannot believe 
Number one, that there's a song with this title. That number two, that not, that we're not all this is the song coast to coast around the world talking about the Elvis Presley song, Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce. When I saw this listen on IMDb, I was like, this has to be a mistake. There's no way that there's a song called Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce. Not only is there a song called Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce, it's great. It's a good song too. Like I. I was like, is that the chorus? I was like, what are they saying? That is a very long wordy chorus. The Fort Lauderdale Chamber. What? Are, so he's presenting himself as like, he might not, he doesn't work for the hotel, but he works for Florida. He's like, I'm in it. I'm here to show right. people a I good time. definitely don't know your dad, Big Frank. <laughs> Dude, what, what a title, what a song, what a moment. And then when she, when he goes, oh, uh, she's like, that was very nice. And he's like, oh, thanks for liking the song. Well, and then he goes, but then he goes, I'm sorry I bothered you, right? Mm -hmm. Let me make it up to you. Come see my band tonight. Yeah. I, I don't want to gloss over the lyrics. Here's a verse okay, okay, okay. in Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce. Any male in Fort Lauderdale who is not pursuing a cute female will automatically land in jail. That's the law in Fort Lauderdale. He's saying, if you're not fucking, you're going to prison. <laughs> or if you're not trying. And who ends up in prison at the end of this movie? Everyone. Everybody. <laughs> I, was that a way of saying, like, no one actually fornicated, that, like, all the girls wound up in jail cell at the end of the movie? I think sleeping they're just alone? there because they're drunk. No, they are. Right? They are, but I'm just, you know, I'm thinking... I'm thinking too far into it. <laughs> well, also the thing is that like, like homosexuality is the last thing on anybody's mind. It's like, you can't put all these like sexed up women in a, in a jail cell and nothing's going to happen. They're all just like laying there all like demure It turns stuff, into right? like an Elvis women in prison film for a minute. I know, which is fascinating. Like the last 10 minutes of this movie is a completely different There's movie. There's a jailbreak. We get these new cop characters that like have- Movies incredible. Growth. <laughs> movie's amazing. <laughs> so- Oh, man. Elvis sees Dina walking around. We think it's Dina, whatever. Valerie agrees to go out the nerd, maybe despite Elvis, because she's like, oh, this guy's kind of cute. He's singing to me. And then he goes to sing the same exact. He starts the song over, sing to her. And she's like, all right, nerd, I'll go out with you. That's fine. Yeah. So they go to the club. Starting tonight, singing at the club as the band to the crowd of kids from different colleges. This is the song that was cut. Cut, yeah. They immediately go into the song Wolf Call. Okay, so... You know what? I, he straight up, Elvis. Elvis, song starts. Mm -hmm. The music starts, mm -hmm. and he goes into the crowd and straight up magic mics. Yes, some dude's date. Amazing. I was like, what is happening? Not just some dude. He magic mics Romano's girl, setting the entire movie's chain of events. Yeah, yeah. Off right here. Yeah, tips the first domino. He goes and he's like, "Who is the most beautiful woman in the crowd?" Valerie not included. Right. Dina. Mm-hmm. And he just pulls her up and... Brings her on stage. She's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, of course. Of course. Why would I not? <laughs> and they're up on stage and they get, like, it's like dirty dancing. Yeah. They start dirty dancing on yeah. stage and I'm going nuts. So then Valerie and the nerd show up and Romano's like, beat it, punk. Dude, that scene is amazing. Like, that is like a... That scene still plays today in like teen movies yeah. from last 100%. year where he's like, oh, hello, nerd friend. Who's beautiful girl you are with? Like, beat it, chump. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That was so well played. I like that the, the nerd later is like, he's Romano. He's from Italy. And then he's like, you know, those Latin guys. I'm like, what? No. 
not the same thing. Olive complexion, sure. Even though he's also like just white with an axe, like everybody. Lothario, just white. like yeah. I don't know. It's so weird though. Like that was a very strange character because I wasn't sure if he was a college student either because he owns a houseboat. I don't think it's a houseboat. I think it's just a boat. It's just a boat. Okay. It's a nice boat. It's a very nice boat. Which there's a great scene with that boat. We're going to talk. Beautiful to scene. So the current lap on Too Fast is planes, trains, no automobiles. Like we we did the movie where he like he I think it was it was Viva Las Vegas where he's like a race car driver through Vegas. I'm like we could do this for Too Fast. It's a car movie. This movie, there's so many different vehicles in here that aren't cars. The boat, the yep. the water skiing, everything. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. <laughs> so Elvis, Magic Mike's great phrasing, Dina away. <laughs> Romano then gets Val, yeah. and Val's like, ooh, hot dude, sure, I'm here to have some fun. They go back to the hotel, the motel, Holiday Inn. <laughs> Elvis starts singing the song, Do Not Disturb. Yeah, oh my God, he gets, there's no other word to explain it. He's rapey. <laughs> Here's the chorus. This is like maybe the most overtly horny, not even horny, it's like, it's like, it's, mm. it's, a, it's aggressive. Do Not Disturb. Hang a sign on the door. Do not disturb. It's time to make love, and I can't wait anymore. It's like, we're getting down. It's like, baby, it's cold outside kind of thing. Did you ever see the Key and Peele skit where they did a version of that? The It's like, uh, you can't go yet, and she's like, but I have to go. And then eventually, she just beats the hell. Oh, like, baby, it's cold outside, but it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it feels like that, where Elvis is like... You know, I've locked the door, like, you can't escape, and, like, we're gonna have sex. And she's like, I don't think so. But she's also kind of into well, she, it. She just doesn't, and I don't blame her, like, want to give it up on the first date. Like, you know, Elvis might think differently by, you know, his standards or whatever, but, like, she's, you know, she's got a little more respect for herself than that. Yeah. Yeah. And as they're about to, like, do something, Big Frank calls. And I think it's funny that, like, on your phone, do not disturb, silence phone calls. But this do not disturb sign does not silence phone oh, calls. Oh, yeah. The olden days. Then the nerd shows up and Elvis is like, your daughter's fine. She's with this nerd. And then he sees the nerd, doesn't really mind. And then he sees the nerd again. He's just like, wait a minute. If you're with me, who's with her? Right. And then that's when the first Mayday call. Yeah. Mayday. We got to go find her and get her back to the hotel in like 15 minutes so that she can answer the call from her dad. Cause her, yeah, you have to be home. By, like she has a curfew, even though she, her dad's 2000 miles away, uh-huh. which is, I don't think there's 2000 miles between Chicago and Florida, but whatever he says, 2000 miles. Yeah. I think it's just a figure of speech. So this movie does <clears throat> not pass my Elvis test in terms of never seeing something that I've never seen before. Where it, have it, you seen this? Well, or is it just not, it's not, it's not specifically the, in, crazy enough. Okay. I mean, there's stuff in here that like is just amazing. But what I will say, I mean, I just love this movie overall. But there's this amazing thing where Elvis calls Mayday, the three dudes all pop up, right? Yep. And they all run off. Yeah. And the one guy hops oh. into the pool. Yeah. Onto this like floating island uh-huh. with a palm tree. Uh-huh. And then has to like sort of like swim his not swim his way, but like guide the, guide the thing toward the other side and hop out. And one of his bandmates, line of the movie, look, we're running, and he wants to play boats. Oh, my God. Like, that's not... <laughs> Joey Joey is at a loss for I words. I love this <laughs> so much, because it's like, this guy's like, this play. guy's just like hanging out in the water. It's like, no, he's trying to get over to you. He's like, but I just love that, like, they stop, like, look, we're running. He wants to play boats. Like, it's just a, such, such a specific 
phrasing. I, love I mean, it. maybe I they, maybe they used to say that a lot back in back the, in the sixties. Uh, what's crazier crazier than that though is that they're gonna go to a boat and play boats in the next scene. Yeah. The whole this whole like action sequence is is just they're gonna get marvelous. Boats. Like yeah, so they so we get a little bit of the Italian guy and Val like on the boat schmoozing and drinking champagne, and he's like, "Let me show you downstairs and yeah. this and that and yeah. everything." And then at that moment, um. Elvis and his band steal the truck the boat is hitched to and like race it through Fort Lauderdale at top speed, like Tokyo Drift style, Mm -hmm. park it in the pool at the motel. Amazing. I was loving that. Like that for me made the movie. That's when I was like, thank you for delivering. Thank you. Whatever happens now will just be sort of like icing on the cake. And while, speaking of icing on the cake, while they are towing this boat, <laughs> Val's getting drunk and she's just giggling. She's having the best time of her life. Romano yeah. is getting covered in every single food that's in the kitchen. He's getting pelted in the face of flour. Yeah. He's got ketchup and mustard. It's like an Italian comedy, like, because he's Italian. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's like one of those, like, oh, everything's falling on me. <laughs> then Big Frank calls. They toss the phone to the pool. They dangle the phone, and she just drunkenly stumbles over. She's like, daddy I'm fine. I'm having a great time. But they nail it. Cleared. Awesome. Safe. Loved it. Elvis goes back to his room, sees Dina left him a note in, on his mirror, dropped dead. <laughs> and they're all like, we got the same note. And That's- then we see the girl's perspective, like, they're having a good time, too, right? And then... Oh, yeah, beach day, right? Beach day, which is... This is, again, uh, creepy and rapey, where... They're spying on Val, but one of the guys sees this girl in like a cheetah print bikini. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, the Betty Page. And after he sees Val and Romano run off, he like tumbles down the sand mountain and then just kisses her. And she like is okay with it. And she's like, this is weird. She was like, what is that? What what happened? And then I think she was just relieved that she could figure out what happened to her at least, you know, <laughs> like, who knows? like could have been like, was that an octopus? Or mm-hmm. what? Like what the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, these guys are not scoring points. No, I- I'd quit this band. They, they, they lose track of Val and Romano. Right. And then Elvis is trying to apologize to Dean. Like Elvis is trying to play it both ways. Like he's down there on work. Oh, yeah. But he's also trying to like score. And like, it's weird. Cause like, I had read the trivia and I knew that also just watching the movie, like, you know, that Elvis and Val are going to get together. But for the first like hour of the movie, there's not even like a hint of chemistry. Yeah. But it doesn't doesn't really seem like he's into Dina. She's just hot and around. I don't know. Like, I was genuinely thinking, is this the movie that Elvis doesn't end up with who you think he will? Like that. You know, like, is is the nerd going to end up with Val? Is that, like, the happy ending? Is he going to try and do the whole movie, like, pushing her towards him because he's safe, you know? Like, he's interested in her mind, not her body kind of thing. So, like, you know, if Elvis was like, oh, man, if, like, I could get them together, you know, some kind of taming of the shrew situation Mm -hmm. or something like that. I'm not, I'm not like upset that he falls in love with Val at the end or anything like that. But this whole Dina stuff then does feel like we spend a lot of time for what? Like she doesn't, she just kind of disappears at one point. It's the I whole think. thing is like every Elvis movie needs a romantic conflict. Right. Okay. So I just think. Just because like, it's like, it's a thing to check off a list, right? Like yeah. it doesn't like, there doesn't, it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to really be like actual conflict. It just. I think the issue is trying to 
like you got to understand when the story calls for that too, right? Like you right. can't just throw that in because it's something I, we're used to. Like this story doesn't really need it. No, but I think they need they need to give Elvis something to do. But they do. Like there's so much gold in keeping her away from the Italian guy and steering her towards the nerd and then him end up realizing, "Oh, oh. I'm, I'm the middleman. I'm yeah. perfect for her." Yeah. Like, you know, and then uh, like just like at the end of Clueless where she's like, "Oh wait, <laughs> my stepbrother." I like Josh. I like my step bro. Um, but they don't, and then like him pushing off advances left and right, being yeah. like, I don't got time for this. Like, I have to keep track of all this stuff. Yep. It's a little bit of a victim of like, like you said, like the checklist. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't hate it, I, you know, because we get this song in the woods too. Well, I, think, I think a better objective movie is if it's more comedy and there's like a more slapsticky, like they keep having to go through things and like keeping her away from Romano and like the stakes keep getting higher and higher and whatever. But they're like, we're going to do that halfway, but we're also going to like have him on a date in the forest or on the field or whatever. And he's singing to her, cross my heart and hope to die. Right. Like it just. Yeah. It's like the girls want to see him romantic, but they don't want to just see an Elvis comedy. They're like, maybe they do, though, like because he's it's when this movie's funny, it's funny. Yeah. They just don't lean into it enough. I agree. But in the song, cross my heart and hope to die. There's a there's a there was a line that I was just like, I need to get the whole stanza for this because it's. Don't say my alloy is all wet. I miss those kisses from your honeycomb. This humble bumblebee just wants to fly back home. <laughs> Cross my heart, I hope to die. Well, I wouldn't tell you no lie. But I was just like, Elvis, why are you calling yourself a bumblebee? Oh, he wants that honey drip. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, just like, Dina, no more interruptions. Just you and me, baby. And they're immediately like, Val's in trouble. We need he's to like, eat. gotta go. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I could be your teddy bear. I could be your bumblebee. I'm all types of aminals. Am- yeah, that was wild. This next scene is insane. Well, they get called back to the motel, and the manager's like, you're getting kicked out. No boys in the room. Thou shalt not have a boy in the room. That's Article 3, subparagraph B. Thou shalt not have a boy in the room. And Elvis is like, well, kicking them out. I guess we're going to go, too. And the manager's like, uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm, you can stay. I was <laughs> like, don't let it happen again. <laughs> And I still don't really understand why that worked. So I don't either, but they freaked out because they figured the guy was in her room, right? And he was, yeah. but with they're, her they're, roommates they're playing, bridge. playing bridge. Yeah. So I almost, they wouldn't have, but what they could have and what would have been incredible is if like this guy just wasn't interested in her that way. And if he was gay, if he was gay, that mm-hmm. would have been like, it would have like solved a lot of the story issues. It would have been also very fun. Again, like I'm not trying. Like I don't want to. Mis- I don't want. I don't want to make this sound like I'm. I'm using homosexuality as a joke here. But like, if Elvis is doing all this work to keep the handsome Italian man away from the girl, and like that guy again, has it's, no it's, interest it's, in it's her, it's the wrong way to say it. But like, she's in the safest hands possible to keep her dad happy because he's never going to try anything. And like, and never paid off. It's just like he's just a creepy, horny dude. Like, yeah. it's just like all right. But like, there are definitely very funny ways. That maybe they're not trying to do in the 60s, no, just, right? They're not thinking that way. That's, that's, because... a, that's a much better, you know, that's a good idea, Mike. That's a much better version that like, he's trying to get her free and he's just like putting, like he's causing all these issues. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that comedy of like, miss, you know, missing a beat mm-hmm. or misunderstanding. But, but that is weird. I don't understand how like Elvis is constantly flipping the script on the authority and being like, he's like, well, that was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let it happen again. So Val is like, oh, my God, Elvis, thank you so much. You saved us. Although I think so back up a step, like in modern spring break movies, 
not that like anybody would ever kick a guy, kick a girl out for like having a guy in her room, but they'd be like, all right, get out. Like we have a list of people who would pay like more than you're paying to like have a room yeah, here. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But like the guy's like, oh no, we can't lose two rooms. <laughs> so they, so Bal's like, you saved me. You helped me. How can I pay you back? He's like, why don't you join the band? Why don't you be part of the show? And she's like, all right. So they sing The Meanest Girl in Town, which I think is maybe the best song in the movie. It's a good one. And we're in the club and she's just like holding a sign that says I'm evil. And she's like dancing around. I'm like, this is cool. This is where she starts trying to do like the Ed Margaret and and like early versions of twerking and stuff like that. And I'm like, this isn't joining the band. Mm -mm. Like, unless you're in like the boss tones and you're the guy who like just dances, like give her an instrument. Give her a tambourine at least, like put her behind a keyboard. It doesn't matter. No one's actually playing their instrument in this movie anyway. Like the drummer's going to get up several times and the beat goes on. (laughs) Elvis is playing bass guitar and regular guitar in this movie. Doesn't matter. This is basically like, I'm going to get into boxing. And then you're like the girl with the sign with the round number. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in spite of the fact that this is like the closest that Elvis and Val have been in the entire movie, they're like, they're literally performing together. They're talking, they're friendly. This is when Elvis is like, wait, I love Dina. It's like, why? What? I don't understand how he fell in love with her. Like, you know, um, cause they've basically had no chemistry. They're just both attractive. And she kind of puts off all of his advances to say like, you know, this isn't the right time or whatever. It just seems yeah. like we need to get to know each other a mm-hmm. little more than this. Uh, so it's not what he wants anyway. So it is a little confusing, but like you said, we we need kind of a conflict. And so this is an incredible scene where Elvis is like, "We need to babysit Val. We're gonna play a guessing game. I'm thinking a I'm thinking of a number. Oh my god! We're all gonna guess a number, and whoever gets it right has to stay here with her." Then he goes seven, five, six. Well, I'm thinking of ten, but I was actually thinking of six. So you said six, so you have to stay here. <laughs> I'm like, and the guy was like, "Wait a minute." Like, doesn't make sense. He just he sits there. Like he's a he does a terrible yeah, job because yeah. they leave. But I'm like, how that's, is how is this? <laughs> that's Elvis again, being like too smart for the room, or like being the grifter Elvis of yeah. like you know word games, like making you think it was the Tom Sawyer. Like, boy, whitewashing this fence sure is fun. Like to be clear, I want to re-explain in case you haven't seen this movie. He's with his three bandmates. Yes, and he says, "I'm thinking of a number." Mm-hmm. Guess what number I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to guess the number I'm thinking of. Yeah. And whoever guesses it right has to stay with watch and watch Val. And then he just picks one dude in the band who says a number that's not his number and said, you got it right. I'm out of here. <laughs> Genius. So he goes and meets back up with Dina and she's like throwing bottles at him. Somehow, maybe just because they're attractive, like they make up and they're about to do it. And then the nerd is like, hey, by the way, Val's with Romano. Oh, yeah. Oh, all I remembered from that scene was that Elvis is wearing like one of those barbershop shirts with like the yeah. four pockets. Mm-hmm. Looks good. And it's, I think it's the only time he's not wearing the red shirt for most of the movie. Uh, and then this this scene is very risky, I felt, for the time. This next sequence when where we see where Val goes. The burlesque club? Yeah. Because there's a second Mayday call. They go to the burlesque club. And this is where the woman who got the Emmy nom for Hogan's Heroes is stripping out of a newspaper outfit. And she's singing the song. The the, the the dancer is singing the song, I Got News For You, as she's in her newspaper outfit. I'm like, all right. Like, she gets sound like, you know, basically kind of bikini-ish. But, like, 
it's still pretty. It's a strip show. Yeah. In a in an Elvis movie, like it doesn't really matter how kind of softcore it is, you right. know. But like, because like at the time, it's like way further than I was expecting them to go. Yeah. And you have like this character who's very demure watching this and being, and it just feels like one of those moments where she's like being exposed to like the next level of like Fort Lauderdale or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, spring break just like took it up a notch. Like now I'm at the strip club. <laughs> what I like about this, what I appreciate about this is that they, they, the burlesque dancer is empowered in a way. Like she's not just like an object. Like they, they talked to her cause Val and Romana were there and like a couple scenes later or whatever, they'll, she'll talk to them and like, she'll like talk about like why this is good and like why she likes doing it. And like she like takes ownership. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. Not only that, she's like, you should be a stripper. Yeah. She's like, look at me. And before too long, we get there. She might. So uh, as they're there, though, the band is like basically at makeout point, right? They're just like knocking on car windows and stuff. They're like, "Are you? I'm looking for a girl." He's like, "I don't got any extras." And yeah. then one of the band members accidentally knocks on a trunk twice, and the trunk opens, and there's a couple making out in there. In the trunk, like this is like out of sight, but like horny. No, out of sight's hornier than this, but like there's no. This is like that's the sexiest scene's ever been on. You know, we talked about that on the, Cinemakers. The, yeah, that's the only other time I know of like two people in a trunk like getting their chub on or whatever. Like, right. uh, this is this is I don't know how this. Where does this joke come from? Maybe sneaking people into the drive-in. You know, like they used to do that, put people in trunks of cars so you could sneak them in the drive-in. Maybe that evolved to this. Like, we don't have enough room in the cars to make out. We got the front seat, the back seat. You got to get in the trunk. Yep. But what I love about this is that when he accidentally knocks on the trunk, he then turns to the camera and shrugs. He's just like, I didn't expect it either. (laughs) If you ask me, more of that. Yeah. More like. Because again, when the movie's funny, it's very funny. Yeah. And and that was like a perfect moment to do that because like the next thing they're going to do is like an even bigger joke with the spotlight. They got the spotlight on the beach, right? And they're like combing the beach and like, it's like manatees mating like this covered with people having sex on the beach because they're like we can't find her so instead let's have people come to us and so they throw a beach party and like in this beach party they're like it's the bullies everybody out and like 40 people pop out of the bushes like there are people just like making out everywhere that's the kitty hawks yeah yeah they stumble upon the so Val and Romano leave the club and they find the beach party so it works Elvis's plan works that's the do the clam this is do the clam which I would if I knew what to do. Like, what am I looking at? They're singing. Elvis goes away for a while during the song. During the dance, he comes back. He's, you know, Valerie comes up to him. And he's like, oh, hey, nice to see you. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I had a... He's like, I I bet you have a date. Like, why don't you go find your date? Ramona goes away because she can't find him. And Elvis is, like, so successfully playing it cool where he's like, I'm not going to hit on her. I'm going to show no interest. And it works. She's just like, oh... I don't the have a snub. Date. Yeah, you could walk me back. Yeah. Yeah. There's more, maybe more of that reverse psychology used on uh, the father. The whole, the family, man. The whole family. It's just a blind spot. So they then go back to the hotel, the motel, and he's singing to her, puppet on a string. You know what I noticed at this point in the movie? Elvis, no sideburns. Mm. And I have not been tracking that, but I feel like that's Toretto's necklace. Like, we should be tracking his sideburns. <laughs> if they're traveling from... Member to member. Well, it's size-wise, like sure. length and all that. Because, I, I mean, one of the defining characteristics for me of Elvis is his sideburns. Sure. And, like, they're just not here this time. So. Is that, like, maybe a later thing or is that an earlier thing? I don't know. That's why I wondered if it came and went and it was just, like, you know, this movie he didn't have them. Next movie they'll be back. 
Maybe. So, I don't know. So they're back, and know. Val is just like, you know what? Honestly, I'm glad Romano ran off. But this was like, this was weird because it felt like a lullaby, I felt. Like he was singing her to sleep or something like that. So like this is like actual like romance, right? right. Like they're falling in love with each other. And she talks to daddy and she's like, I'm having the best time I've ever had in my life. And then she goes to Elvis's room and she's like, thank you so much. She kisses, she kisses him goodnight. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I'm into you. And he's like, all right, cool. Instead of telling his band that like, hey, we got the situation under control. I'm with Val now. He's just like, you guys have fun. I'll babysit her. That whole sequence is a lot of fun, like that montage. But they basically come up to him and be like, you said, like, I read the line earlier about mm-hmm, he's like, mm-hmm, I'm a sex mm-hmm, maniac mm-hmm. and I can't get any sex. And stuff. So, like, they've been striking out this whole time. I don't know why, except that for whatever reason, he might be embarrassed because it's not Dina. You know, maybe they don't think she's as cool as Dina or maybe he doesn't want to reveal that, you know. He's sleeping with the boss's daughter yeah, or whatever. they don't yeah. want to worry them or something. Whatever the reason is, like, yeah, he does the whole thing where he's like, yeah, you know, like, I figured I'll just, you guys go get right. laid. I'll take it all. I'll take over from here. And so they're trying to, like, you know, be the sex maniacs, the sex perverts that they are. And they, they keep something sort of like, oh, we feel so bad that Elvis is struggling. Like, he's got a babysit. And then they always cut to, like, them on a motorcycle, them ro- them water skiing, mm-hmm. them beach dancing. Like, they're having the best time. They're like, it. like, oh, Elvis, we feel so bad for him. And he's having the best day. Those are some of the best cuts in the movie, for sure. I also now picked up on the Three Blind Mice mot- motif mm-hmm. with the music. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is that? What is that? Yeah. And then, I, and that also used in James Bond, mm. uh, Doctor No. Was that sixty three or something? That's the first one, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so a little before this. For some reason, that song is in the zeitgeist. Big song in the sixties. <laughs> so then Elvis starts singing to Val again on a boat, boats, 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 boats. His friends are like, Dina, Elvis oh. is basically yeah. suicidal. We've had to hide his razor and his belt. She's like, why his belt? And like he mimes hanging himself. I'm like, this is a weird aggressive thing right and like they're like we think he's in love with you like you need to go fix this and she's like he loves me okay and then this once again elvis his own worst enemy yep by not telling them like hey i'm with val they then start this like oh that's why he didn't tell them because then we wouldn't have another misunderstanding right so then al elvis and val come back they're like great day you know i'm gonna go get changed we're gonna have we're gonna go out tonight yeah great day let's have a great night Elvis goes back to his room. Dina's there. Dina's in there. And she's like, let's have dinner. He's like, I'm on a diet. <laughs> just tell her, just, just tell people the truth. And she's like, if we don't eat now, everything's going to get cold. He's just like, uh, I like leftovers. Like, it's fine. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and then he plays like the, I think there was a Nick Kroll sketch where it was like, he's trying to do Thanksgiving and Hanukkah no, at the same no, time. No, no, You know what this reminded me of? And you're going to laugh. I know you're going to love this reference. I'll wait till you're done drinking. Superman 4. Mm, four or three? Four. Four. When Clark and Superman have to date Lois and is it Darcy at the oh, same yeah, time? Yeah, 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 when yeah, they're yeah. all in Lois's apartment yes. and Clark yes. keeps missing the elevator. And yes. Superman, th- that reminds me of this. Because <laughs> he's got Dina in his room, ready to bone. And Val entering his room, ready to go out for a night on the town. Yeah. And they can't know about each other. 
Oh. And so he like throws Dina on the back patio on the bed and she gets up. He throws her back down. He like slides the bed out of reach, out of range, out of eyesight. Dude, my favorite part of the chaos is when he's pouring champagne for him and Val. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll be right out. I'll be right over. I'm mm-hmm. going to bring the champagne. I'll be right over. And he sees that Dean is in the room. He pours the champagne in his pockets <laughs> to get rid of them. Just hand her a glass of champagne. Uh-huh. I mean, I poured this for you. He pours the champagne in his pockets. It's so like, funny. Like quick thinking, Elvis. So she goes back to her room and she's got another call with her dad. And her dad just like... I paid this guy to babysit you. He blows it for her, for him. He blows it for Rusty. And then she happens to open her blinds and sees Elvis walking Dina out. It's a double tap. Yeah, it's like, oh, he was cheating on me. And also he's getting paid to babysit me and seduce me. And like, he doesn't even care for me because he cares for her. That, I felt like that was such a great moment in the, like, in the script, right? Where everything came to the head perfectly. Where like, she's on the phone with, she's at the height of her like happiness. She's on the phone with daddy and daddy's like, Oh, I hired that guy to look after you. And it's yeah. like, you mean he doesn't? He's just pretending to like right. me and then opens the drapes and sees him with another woman, even though Hand it's the on wrong. back, they're like walking yeah. around. Yeah. yeah, like such a great little double moment there. And what I also think like what this movie does really well is that we're in the midst of like almost a 30 minute stretch without songs because the movie's like, yeah. we, we need to get serious here. Like we're actually gonna like tell a story. I kind of like when Elvis movies do that. You know, when I was like, I don't realize that there's no music right now. Like, we're getting the plot out of the way. We're getting that stuff done. And so she's like, Romano, which, we're going out. Which, you know what that what I just said makes me think is like every Elvis movie without the music is like a half hour. Yeah. Because like that's all the there's story. There's 11 songs. Well, there's like 11 like two minute songs. Like it's basically an hour of story and half okay. hour music. Yeah, right? But it's, it's still nuts, but still a lot of music. It'd be interesting to watch these without the music. Just like. The story beats. I don't know. Would it be I, good? Maybe. No. 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 <laughs> it just said it would be interesting. <laughs> Elvis is, goes back to the, I guess he's like also working down there. He goes back and the wolf call guy is like. Oh my God. Here's where we gotta go. You mean the oldest college kid yeah. in film history? 50 years old. I mean, older than like Jeremy Piven and PCU, just like going for it. Yes. Love it. And he does that Morris code thing. He's like, is that this part? Oh, no, no that's, that's later. later. Where, he, where okay. he, like, he uses, like, he's, like, beatboxing, basically, but he's doing Morse code. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so. We'll get there. He's yeah. like, Elvis, I know where to go. I'm going to go to the Bur- burlesque club. And so Elvis goes there, and Val is drunk and starting to strip, and she's singing a song that's something like, I've got news for you. And Elvis is like, I'm here for you. And she's like, ha. Huh. And she's, her playing drunk in this, amazing. Yeah, she's great. It's great drunken sort of like flightiness. Um, real quick, got to go back to mm. when Elvis in his band is playing and doesn't see her, doesn't see Val. And then, the you know, the oldest college guy comes up and is like, God, I got over to the burlesque house. This is where like people don't know how to dance at all. Like if you watch the crowd during this sequence, it's so obvious that music isn't playing. Right. They're all doing something completely different and entirely offbeat. Like it is some of the great and and just watch the band too at times like the drummer definitely not like drumming right. along but at one point I think it's in this sequence the bass player like does the thing like at the end of Airheads where he like puts his foot up on something and starts like humping the bass like the way the Buscemi player, did like I think the bass player is incredible in this like when there's the I'm evil like the the song where she's like what the what was that song called 
the meanest girl in town where she's dancing with I'm evil. Like he keeps like leaning in to do like that back to back thing with Elvis and like singing yeah. like Echo and like Elvis like, man, get out of here. Like he's just like, dude. He like, is. A lot of people just doing their own thing in this movie in the background though. It's very funny. So they go to the burlesque club and Elvis starts like getting into a bit of a fight and a Romano bit. punches him. He gets in, they, he starts like the, the token brawl. He's trying to like get Val out of there without like starting a fight. But then Romano's like, hey man, you're ruining my girl's life. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> and then they brawl. Well, it was like, first you stole Dina. Now yeah. you're taking Val. Like, yeah. what the hell? And so Elvis doesn't get arrested. Val gets arrested. Elvis can't get arrested. Which is, we're going to get to that in a second. But basically every girl there gets arrested because they're all being drunk and rowdy. It's for Lauderdale. It's spring break. You arrest all the women, right? Like they're the ones causing the trouble. Like usually the drug tank is filled with, we'll get to that too. But the, when the cop comes and he's like, at least you didn't arrest any women. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, <laughs> gulp. So Elvis goes to the, the police station. He's like, I got, I'm here to get Val out. They're like, are you related to her? And you're like, uh, no. Mm. So he's like, okay, plan B. I'm going to get in there with her. I'm going to get arrested. So he goes outside and the cop comes out. He's like, officer, someone let you out, let the air out of your tires. And he's like, boys will be boys. He's like, but it was me. I did it. He's like, run along, scamp. He's like, you get this one. And then Elvis takes his like radio. His antenna. antenna right? yeah. And like ties it in a knot. And he's just like, boy, what are you doing? Get out of here. And then. No, he, he, he said, does Elvis do another thing? The, he puts the sand in yeah, the helmet. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I can't help it. I'm a compulsive vandal, a delinquent. And even that, nothing. The guy's just like, get out of here. He says, I can't arrest you. You're a boy. No, he doesn't say that part. But like, it's clearly like, there's nothing you can do to get arrested. And I'm saying to myself, deck this cop. Just punch him in the face. He'll throw you right in jail. So then the wolf call guy comes back. He's just like, I know what we can do. And, and it they, does that weird Morse code thing. Uh -huh. He's like. It's like tapping his head and whistling. At this. I'm like, what is this? Amazing. And they borrow a bunch of construction equipment. Oh, boy. And start a jailbreak. They are in the middle of the night, and it's commented on by the cops. The cops are like, what's that noise? Construction. At the middle of the night? Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, the kids get in the way during the day. They must be working at night. But none of them actually look out the window. No, why would they? Because right around the corner, there's like a huge operation going on here. There's like... 25 dudes digging into a prison like two cranes yeah um they make like an escape tunnel from like hogan's heroes let's mm -hmm. like re-reference mm -hmm. that and, and they have like the the wood inside and everything and like the, and how long did they take the craziest thing is that elvis gets in mm -hmm. and takes like a handsaw and saws a hole in the ground none of the girls notice He's not like sawing into any of the no. girls. There just happens to be like a little, a little pocket of space that he can, he doesn't, yeah. he has no idea what to do. And as he's sawing the hole, Big Frank shows up and is just like, Val, you're getting out of here. Yeah. So as Elvis gets just in, missed it. of course, Val gets out. That moment with this, with the saw was like so Looney Tunes. Like it was Bugs crazy. Bug, but mm -hmm. it was like, I've seen that Bugs Bunny do that. Like, yeah. you know, like he's burrowing through the ground and he's, gonna pop up like he usually does and there's like a house there so he takes out a saw and he you know extends the hole like i had i could not believe what i was seeing the crazy thing is that they're like elvis is in he flashes a flashlight out right just yeah. like i'm inside and they're like cool we're gonna cover up the track and they like fill in they backhoe the, the dirt back they, in like they why would you do the that? tunnel 
How's he going to get out with Val? The easy way is you get in there. He's like, hey, Val, we're getting out of there. They go back out and then they fill it up. But they're like, no, he's in there now. My plan is to fill this in and then just stay in here with her. Like they wouldn't notice. No, the, the fun thing would have been is like, all right, girls, everybody follow me. And they all crawl out of the crawl space and like, you know, jump in the back of right. Duke's pickup truck and hightail it out of there. And then the cop opens up and he's looking for Val and he's like, what? They're all gone. Right. But then instead, Val leaves. Elvis comes in and all the girls are like, are there more men? Like, this is when they get kitty hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, more men are coming. He's just like, no, it's just me. And so then the cop is like, all right, everyone can go. Right, because his boss shows up and said, like, what the hell did you do? Right. And he's like, we arrested the whole bar. And he's like, I'm the hell out of here. To not be like, hey, why are there like 30 women and one man? One man, the burlesque dancer has like two dresses on or something or like an over, know. like a slip or whatever. And yeah. so like Elvis dresses in half of her clothing and then convinces one of the cops to fall in the hole. Dude, talk about pushing your luck. Okay, so I knew I knew Elvis and Drag was coming because of the scenario. It's the only way he was going to get out. Sure. Kind of interesting how they do like a Taylor Swift wardrobe change around him. Mm-hmm. Like they all kind of circle him and then suddenly he's like dressed differently. Uh, but like they don't do anything with his hair. Nope. Like they don't do He looks. They, he put, they put like a babushka on. Yeah, like, he like, looks yeah. like an Eastern European yes. woman basically. Like a good even, looking one. Even when he gets outside, his bandmates are like, keep it moving, lady. They're like, they're like, Rusty. Uh, so <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. He, what? He doesn't know when to quit. Yeah. Like he's on his way out and he's like, excuse me, officer. And it's like clearly ADR, not I want Elvis doing a voice. I don't want ADR or anything. But he's like, you know, a little to the side, a little to the side until he falls through the hole that he and cut. And he still is able to go. <laughs> Val is like, oh my God, like, dad, you're here. You don't trust me. The The guy I was love, he doesn't trust me. And he's just <laughs> like, look, I told him to watch you because I love you. I didn't pay him to fall in love with you. It's possible he just fell in love with you on his own time. And she's like, he loves me for me. I love how dad kind of fixed it all. Yeah. In that weird way. Okay. So he's this hard ass, badass, mm-hmm. yeah. scary dude. Yep. Who'll do anything for his daughter. Yep. And she... Loves Elvis, so yep. by golly, he's going to make it right. Yep. They go back to the sandbar club because, like, Elvis is like, Val's gone. Like, it's a lost cause, right? It's just, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to we're gonna finish out the week here, have some fun maybe. And he and his band are singing on stage a song, I've Got to Find My Baby. And then we see the nerd. Mm-hmm. And the nerd's like, guess what? Found this babe. <laughs> She's got nothing upstairs. But what a staircase. Unbelievable. She's like, basically, I ditched the smart ones for the dumb ones. And the woman laughs. She's just like, yeah, I'm pretty dumb, but like, I'm pretty hot. (laughs) And that's the movie saying like, this guy, he won. (laughs) He came to his senses. It's crazy. So this is a way, way off reference. But when he had his glasses on, he looked like the Johnny from the beginning of Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the same actor. And he takes his glasses off. He looks like a completely different actor. He, he, he's all that himself. He does. Yeah. yeah. So then Elvis is like, oh, well, Dina's here. You know, Val's gone, but I can make out with Dina. And then as he goes over to Dina, he looks up and Val is there. And he's just like, ma'am, and just goes over to Val. And then Mr. Frank gives him his blessing, and then they sing Girl Happy again. He brings Val on stage, yeah, and everyone's just like, they're back together, and they all cl- they all applaud. So it was crazy. They start with the wolf call song, but he ends up singing Girl Happy. 
after picking her out of the crowd and stuff. But I loved how the dad kind of leans over like an angel over his shoulder, like, it's all right. You can bang my daughter. <laughs> wild. And, that, and that's the movie. Wild, wild. And that dad joins spring break. Like, he goes and he sits down at, at the girls' table and everything as if he's going to hang out for the rest of the spring break. Wild stuff. Any other thoughts about Girl Happy before we do our end of episode wrap-up stuff? I mean, totally just reminds me of, like, those 80s spring break, like, raunchy R-rated Johnny movie, Depp comedies and also stuff. Also all the movies that Brian did, right? This yeah. is another beach movie, right? Beach blanket, mm-hmm. summer party, bingo type thing. Yeah, it's wild. It was, And it's, like, a, it's so crazy. You can't... It, it, win, it wins you over, yeah. you know, like, with its stupidity, I yes. guess. Yeah. Girl Happy, 1965, average rating of 6.3 on IMDb, 2,700 people saw it, 3.0 on Letterboxd, 1,563 people saw it there. Wow. Out of 10, how forced are the songs? 10 is like, it's all perfect. It all makes total sense. There's reason for every song. One is just like, they're going, they're bending over backwards to jam songs in It's here. really close. It's up there. The last movie we had was Roused About, that an 8.5, which is, you know, Wild and Country, Flaming Star, we had in the, in the mid to high nines because, like, he was a singer. Like, it's it's, it's in the there. nines, right? Yeah, it's in the nines. Yeah, nine two, something sure. like that. Sounds good. Again, once again, I don't remember anything <laughs> about any of these early movies. <laughs> well, I know they weren't singing in the car, maybe on a horse, but. So the best Elvis song in a movie so far, we had Camp Help Falling in Love. I do think, I know this sounds crazy. I think this is my favorite soundtrack so far. It's a good one. It's really, I love fun in Acapulco. I love, well, that, that's, that's uh, a I love very, Viva that's a, Las Vegas. Acapulco is a distinct, different kind of music, yeah. which I think works really well. This is like just straight up like classic E yes. in a way that like, they're just. Yeah. No, they're, they're really pushing like original E this time. Like, yeah. you know, the Elvis you, you fell in love with. So can't help fall in love with Elvis. Do you think, is that better? Is there a better song in this movie? Like, as much as I would like The Meanest Girl in Town, like, that's a better song. But, like, this is, I mean, if that, if that's that, why we have to sort of maybe retire. I can't help falling in love. You know, it's it's sort of impeding on. Well, okay, the so category. here's a question. We should be, just put it in the Hall of Fame or something. It. With Lonesome Cowboy. It's one, it's nine in a row. We should, yeah, it should have been like after five. Okay, so then. New. Uh, new, new song. Is The Meanest Girl in Town? I, I like the one from. I actually really like that one from uh, Viva Las Vegas, like, come on, everybody, and swing you off to the right. Remember that song? I can't remember the name of it. It Damn. was. Let's see here. I have all the songs Loving here. my baby. Loving my baby. Loving my baby. Um, and my baby loves me. Baby loves the me. The Lady Loves Me? Yeah. Is I, that- I like, I think that's one of my new favorite songs. So I want to, I would like to put that up there. Anyway, this is a tough category. Is it Come On Everybody? Is that the song? Yeah, that must be it. Yeah, because okay. he says that quite often. Come on, everybody, and clap Elvis. your hands to the beat. That's the song that they're doing when she's doing the dance. Is yes. That, that's that one. Yeah. All right. So we're going to have retired Can't Help Falling in Love. But we're going to replace it with that? One, two, three, four, five. What was the best song from Fun in Acapulco? Oh, boy. Acapulco. I can't remember. Um, the best song in Acapulco, Bossa Nova Baby, probably, right? That's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we'll do that. So, okay. We're going back in time. So, Bossa Nova Baby, nothing at Kissing Cousins better than that. Is there a song in Viva Las Vegas that was better? Do you like Viva Las Vegas better than Bossa Nova Baby? I think so. Okay. Yeah, that song's incredible. And then last movie, Roused About, there's nothing better than Viva Las Vegas. I don't think so. So, it, if it's five in a row, okay. we retire it. Sounds so fair. So is anything in Girl Happy better than Viva Las Vegas? Not for me. 
How about you? Mm-mm. Okay. It's close though. Like it's a great soundtrack. Yeah. A lot of great songs. A lot of, cl- it's so close, but like Viva Las Vegas, they, you know, they just took it up a notch. Yeah. I think they're scared to get back there. Girl Happy, here's what you guessed this movie's going to be about. Elvis is hired to be a tour guide in Florida. He meets a girl who's very happy. You also said he judges a beauty contest. Well, he doesn't meet a happy girl at all or judge a beauty contest. I said he's an aspiring singer involved with four girls trying to keep all four girls happy, which is not honestly, he's a singer. So, you he's, know, he's trying to keep two girls happy, kind of. So we're both like, you. he was hired to do a job we in got Florida. Parts. We got parts. And I'm saying he's a singer. So like, we're both, you know, whatever. So, okay. All right. The next movie is Tickle Me. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What do you think Tickle Me is about? Dude, where do you go with just the title for Tickle Me? Especially since a lot of the titles don't really relate to the movie. Tickle I'm me. thinking, so there was that documentary from about 10 years ago called Tickled, which is about like the competitive tickling. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be a literal tickling. No. I think it's going to be like Tickle My Fancy. Like, yeah. Like Make Me Happy. Hmm. With that said, we have no clues. I know what I want it to be. Here, hold on. I'm going I'm to describe the poster. It, it's Elvis in a yellow jacket dancing with a girl. Okay, never mind. I don't know. <laughs> Here's what I want it to be, okay. because we haven't gotten this yet. Maybe we should do like what we want it to be. One of those situations where he gets mistaken for someone outside of like his social class, so like he has to fake that until like everything falls apart and he has to tell the truth, and then at the end it all works out for him. You know those kinds of movies where sure. it's like... You know, so I, he's, I'm, like, he's, I'm, like, he's slumming it, but he's trying to like be in high class society or is, or yeah, what's, okay. like he's a poor boy and then like gets in with the rich girl and has to sort of like um, ingratiate himself with like her rich family, sort of like a meet Joe Black, but not dead. Right. Wasn't that with the Brad Pitt and he's with Brad Pitt kind of thing and like ingratiates himself with the family and all that. But then they find out that he's uh, like a delinquent or something like that. But they but but it's too late because he's tickled them, mm. tickled their fancy and they want to keep them. Kind of like a wedding crashers kind of thing, right? Where like he's the Owen Wilson character in that. Sure. Okay. I'm gonna guess he is a singer. <laughs> he's a war hero. <laughs> and a new a new twist, because again, I don't think any of these are like really truly breaking new ground. I think there's gonna be an attractive club owner he's trying to woo. Okay. And she's trying to woo him, but there's like they can't, there's they don't realize the other one has a crush on them. They okay. both have a crush on each other. But they don't realize that. Mm-hmm. And they both think the other's playing hard to get. I don't know if there's a premise for a movie, but I feel like that's, there's, I think there's like, it's a miscommunication. It's a comedy of errors again. That feels like the, um, what was it? Oh, the, uh, the Keanu Denzel Shakespeare with the Kenneth Brenna's storyline. Remember, he like falls in love with yeah. the girl that he thinks he hates. They think they hate each other. Much ado about nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that kind of thing, maybe. So here's what Tickle Me is actually about. A singing rodeo rider. What? A rodeo rider? Hires on at an expensive all-women dude ranch Wait, and beauty spa. What? He falls, Rancho Relaxo. He falls for a pretty fitness trainer who is constantly threatened by a gang who wants her late grandfather's cache of gold hidden in a oh. ghost town. What the hell? <laughs> Jackpot. Amazing. Directed by Norman Torog. Back once again unbelievable Dude, that premise sounds insane i love it every single word makes it sound <laughs> crazier a singing rodeo writer cool expensive all women dude ranch and beauty spa what pretty fitness trainer okay constantly threatened by a gang what who wants her late grandfather's cache of gold hold on hidden in a ghost town <laughs> 
Un- Dude, this is going to rock. Believable. Why is this called Tickle, Tickle Me? Don't know, man. That might be the best thing about it. Wow. There's nothing about this that should that should work or make sense or anything. I, I can't wait. Cannot wait. So we're going to be back in about two weeks because we're seeing <laughs> Dead Reckoning. Oh, I thought you meant because we have to watch this. Well, we also need to watch this as soon as we possibly yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mission Impossible. But in like two weeks, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1 comes out. We will be watching that together. I'm not more excited for Tickle Me than Dead Reckoning. I'm almost as excited for Tickle Me <laughs> as I am for Dead Reckoning. Like, Dead Reckoning is going to be my favorite movie this year. Like, that's just like, I mean, full stop. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah. be incredible. But this <sighs> sounds great. This truly is like, un- un- unlike anything I've ever heard before in my life. And like, I could never have imagined ghost town like like curly's gold like what is going on unbelievable this sounds great but any final thoughts about not Girl a, Happy? no no it's already out is of my a, it's is, already what I mean, this is a top five elvis movie for me it's up there yeah. it's up there i mean right now i'm pushing it out of my brain to make room for the tickle me stuff like i'm still on getting the next. hand around and my, my arms around that right now but yeah this was this was a crazy one unbelievably good thank you for listening if you want to email in king at cageclub.me again we'll be talking about dead reckoning like july 10th or 11th or something so get an email in there if you want to you know say hi what's your favorite elvis movie king k-i-n-g at cageclub.me check out all the other shows that we have at cageclub.me slash shows and you know there's new episodes basically just about every day but I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. All right. Uh, Elvis has left the building.